0: Small businesses remain the enigma banks hope to solve. They can mean big business in the aggregate, but aggravation when confusion and lack of vision get in the way. To help us get in focus, we'll talk to Charles Wendell, president of Financial Institutions Consulting. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast, and it is terrific to have you here with us. And today, coming in from Miami, Florida, we have Charles Wendell. Charles is the president of Financial Institutions Consulting, FIC, and he has extensive practical experience as a bank lender, relationship manager, and workout specialist. And Charles, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. You've done some terrific work writing for BAI and The expertise we want to tap today is small businesses. Why are small businesses an attractive segment for banks right now?
1: There are a number of reasons. I'd start with the most obvious one, which is deposits. Banks need deposits. They're looking for deposits. And typically, if you look at your entire small business portfolio, probably two out of three of those small businesses do not borrow. They are deposit generators. Banks that are very good at small business are able to use those excess deposits to fund other businesses at a low cost. So It's very attractive from that perspective. It's also attractive from a cross-sell perspective. You need to and you can sell to both the individual, the owner, and the business. Also, if it's appropriate, the employee. So there's a lot of opportunity to sell to the household and to sell both loans, deposits, investments, retirement etc so the personal business is important to this opportunity as well and it is a real relationship play meaning these individuals and the business owners and the businesses have more reliance upon banks than middle market companies do and large corporate companies do they are more open to uh, counseling relationships that banks are trying to develop so from an economic perspective and from a relationship perspective small business is very attractive
0: what do financial services organizations need to change in terms of their mindset around how they approach small business? It's a big question right now.
1: Yeah, I've been involved in small business for over 20 years. And frankly, the industry has made very little progress in really effectively servicing that segment. There's no bank out there really that would say this is the premier small business player. And one of the issues is that it is not Uh, commercial banking or corporate banking, it is not retail banking. And oftentimes it gets pushed into one group or the other for a few years as part of retail, then it goes into commercial. There's this swing that also happens. It also has to be treated as an important business by the bank, not the uh, classic redheaded stepchild. It's a business that requires a commitment on the part of the institution you build a small business franchise but you're not going to do it in three months or six months you can do it in two years or three years you've got to have that longer term perspective and you've also got to think about what the small business is really about and give your products to the small business and understand the economics of small businesses you're not going to make a lot of money from any one small business but you can make you know Nickels and dimes from a lot of different small businesses. The other thing I should mention is definition. What is a small business? If there are 10 bangers in the room, I think the definitions of their small business segment would all differ slightly. Small business can include what some might call micro business, where companies with revenues. From zero to one million dollars, it can include kind of mid sized small businesses that say one to five or one to ten, and then larger small businesses can be ten million, twenty million dollars. I've seen banks that include zero to thirty million dollars, and other banks that include zero to five million dollars in revenue. And those are obviously very, very different markets and require very, very different approaches. So, one of the things you've got to do is decide for your institution what is small business, what are you comfortable with in doing and what would you prefer to avoid if possible
0: then there is that issue of the fintechs they've been coming in and in some cases really cleaning up with the small business market what exactly is the role of a fintech in this space and how big a threat are they to banks
1: there are some fintechs that are competitors to the banks They're competitors to the banks in the small business space, they're competitors to the bank in the retail space, mortgage space, other areas. They are typically taking, not always, I'll come back to that in a second. They are typically focused on customers that the banks are not willing to lend to. You know, the banks out of the last crisis really narrowed their credit box. Some might think too, they narrowed it too much. So the fintechs, because of their risk analytics, because of the way they do pricing, they're willing to go deeper on the risk spectrum than the banks are. So they do a lot of business with companies that the banks are not willing to deal with. However, every FinTech I talk to, and every bank I talk to now, says they have lost some of their customers to FinTechs. I know of some banks where the customer has borrowed or is borrowing from the bank and is also borrowing from the FinTech. And that you know should be disturbing. The reason the customers are doing that is because of speed and convenience. In some cases, the fintechs have a point of sale relationship, so they grab the business before it ever gets to a bank. And in other cases, they're able to respond much more quickly than banks are able to respond. As you know, the fintechs promise "quote unquote" instant, 24-hour, 48-hour approval, and in some cases, you know, funding within a few days. So they're very fast the way that i think banks need to think about fintech is how can they partner with the fintechs? many of the fintechs particularly the small business space, want to partner with banks the biggest cost that fintechs have when you look at their economics is the cost of origination and even though they are digitally enabled lenders and very sophisticated in how they monitor accounts underwrite accounts do customer service they're getting most of their business from direct mail and from brokers. It's not from alternative uh, delivery systems, not from the internet. There's some of that, it's increasing, but a lot of it is the old-fashioned way. That's expensive. So they're very anxious to work with banks that can deliver the prospects and they can then underwrite the loans. There are a couple of different models out there. There's a referral model, where you can simply provide a lead to the FinTech and they can underwrite it. There's another model where they actually provide a platform on deck and Foundation have done this in a number of instances where they can provide a platform, which is very cost effective. It reduces the cost of underwriting. If you use your credit criteria and you approve the loan, then you take it on your book and you pay them a fee for the platform. If you decide not to do the loan, you can pass it on to them. And if they do it they pay you a fee so that's one opportunity to work with fintechs banks have found one way to work with fintechs where they can provide leads that the banks can use Uh, you can buy loans from these guys if you want to do that it's really critically important that somebody in a bank be looking at fintechs whether it be the small business space or retail space you've got now examples with some really outstanding banks like chase pnc citizens regions and others that are working with these fintechs, and speak very well of them as well.
0: Micro lending also is a key component in terms of the small business picture. Share with us your views on that.
1: Lending, let's say $10,000, $30,000, $40,000, the fintechs are perfect for that. And in fact, even though they're moving up in size, our next average loan is about $40,000. The thing is, and I can back this up with blind experience and analytics for sure, if you are making a 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe even a $100,000 loan, the vast majority of banks are losing money. And by vast majority, I mean like 99 out of 100. I might exclude from that American Express, I might exclude from that Wells, but very few are making money from that because of the cost origination, the cost of underwriting, and the fact that it's only a tiny loan. Too much high touch. So, one of the real reasons, and important reasons to move or to bring in a fintech in some way is to move those microloans out of your world onto the fintech software and the fintech process because they can take loans and there are a number of companies out there not just the ones i mentioned to sell software that can take your current processes and digitalize them. You've got to streamline the process. You've got to get rid of the exceptions to policy. Once you do that, you can make money or at least break even from those loans. I will testify if I had to, that you're losing money. And therefore, for the microloans, which are very important to a lot of your customers, those are the loans that you need to find a partner to work with. 95% of the businesses in America are less than a million dollars in revenue. Those companies obviously need small amounts of money. They need to find a way to deliver that money to them cost-effectively. And the fintechs are a great way to do that.
0: Clearly, that fintech connection is so important. You mentioned earlier that banks should look at a one- to two-year commitment to get into the small business space and make a difference. What are some other ways that banks can best organize themselves for success?
1: it's got to be a leader. By that I mean not only the leader of the bank has to support small business and care about it. Let me start with that. It's not a minor point. Many heads of banks come from commercial banking and they don't get or really like small business. These are little loans. And what do they do? And I don't know, I don't understand why we want to have a lot of these little customers in our bank. That's not a great attitude, obviously. So you've got to have people really appreciate small business and the value of small business. I worked with citizens and it was clear there that that bank liked small business. They have a separate small business group and they really get the small business segment. In addition, the leader of small business has to be, I hate the word but I'll use it, passionate about small business. And by that I mean, at many banks, small business is a way station. I'm a small business banker for a couple of years but then I hope to become a middle market banker or a commercial banker or an investment banker. That's not the pathway to success. The best things I've seen in small business have people in the leadership role who are committed to small business and have staff that are committed to small business. They like it, they get excited about it, and you know they really think about it. So it's not just a check mark on their way to some other part of their institution. Instead, they really feel commitment to it. They understand its value to their community, and they understand its value to the bank. So they do a very good job both of serving their customers, and also selling the importance of small business internally.
0: Fantastic advice all the way around. Fantastic viewpoints. Charles, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: I enjoyed it. Thank you very much, though.
0: Charles Wendell is the president of Financial Institutions Consulting. Be sure to look for Charles on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, banks need deposits and typically a small business is a deposit generator. Small businesses are also attractive for cross-selling loans, credit, and investments. But banks have a long way to go serving small businesses. So treat them as important and make the requisite commitment. Give that two to three years customizing your approach to each client. Number two, Competition from fintechs has challenged banks to rethink whom they lend to. With different pricing structures, many fintechs are willing to go deeper to get small business customers. Fintechs also provide the speed and convenience that small businesses love. Banks need to think about partnering then. It's mutually beneficial, and in fact, fintechs are by and large open to it. Simply put, banks can deliver the prospects that fintechs need. And number three. Make sure your bank names a small business leader, someone in a pivotal role who's passionate, excited, and committed to generating small business traffic that makes a difference for the community and clients alike. Make sure the members of that leader's team share those qualities, that they're willing to be small business evangelists. Welcome to Decision Time where our podcast guest walks us through a major decision they had to make, how they made it, and how it has impacted their career. So, what's your magic number? Applied to a bonus or the number of clients, it could mean the difference between a secure job or venturing out on one's own. Here, Charles Wendell recalls the moment when he had to weigh the numbers like never before. Listen.
1: I was working for another firm. About May or June of that year, and I was having a very good year. I went to see the partner in charge, basically to kind of feel him out in terms of what kind of bonus I would be getting if I brought in X versus Y. And these were substantial numbers. And I was obviously thinking about leaving the company at that point. So he goes into his desk drawer, I'll never forget, he pulls his right-hand drawer out and he kind of fumbles around, the papers are crinkling and crunching. And he looks up and for a substantial, substantially larger revenue amount, he said, well, you get about another $10,000. That was the moment in which I decided I was leaving and starting my own company. But well, that's a risk. I needed to make sure I had clients and had a path to profitability. But that was the moment in which I felt unloved <laughs> in a way. And certainly I didn't feel I wanted to stay there anymore. And that was a major decision. Going off on your own is a very big decision for someone who has always been a salaried worker.
0: Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.